Welcome to another episode of the Sartorio and Geek Podcast, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style. Now, if you listen to this podcast at least once, you'll know that I like fragrances. I like to smell good. What man doesn't? Well, a little while ago, I talked to you guys about the Authenticity Parfum's signature scent of authenticity. I talked about how I enjoyed it and how much it really lived up to the description from the company. Well, they've since expanded them as an Authenticity Parfum's to an extensive line of fragrances, which all are advertised as lasting 12 plus hours. They were so gracious to send me samples of their newest fragrances, I couldn't wait to try them out. So let me get into my impression. The first one was Urban King. You have top notes of bergamot, grapefruit, and sweet orange. Jasmine, lavender, vetiver, and ginger dominate the middle notes. And then base notes of tonka bean, musk, and sandalwood. I would have to say of the four I'm going to talk about, this was my favorite of the bunch. With the authenticity, I got a very good sense of, of masculinity. It was um, it was a very typical cologne, and I don't mean it as in a bad way. It just it smelled masculine. It smelled uh, refreshing. It smelled inviting. These are all things that I will want in a fragrance, especially a fragrance that I'm looking to wear, especially maybe to impress someone of the opposite sex. Even so, I really think that with this one, it is something that could be worn to work. I really think that it's a very versatile scent where you can wear it in many different cages. I don't think I would wear this at a black tie event or somewhere that's formal, but definitely office or to play uh, or at play. I would definitely wear this one. I could not figure it out, but it does remind me of something else. I still to this day can't put my finger on it, but it smells similar to other fragrances that I smelled before, but it still smells like creation unto its own. So with Urban King, I really enjoyed it. So the next one we're going to talk about is La Home Riche. So you're going to have top notes of bergamot, grapefruit, and lemon, middle notes of lavender and cleary sage, and then base notes of cedarwood, ylang-ylang, and amber. While the notes indicate a very bright citrusy opening on this one i experienced more of a dulciness it was very much of a, a creamy citrus and i feel like the citrus really melded in well with the rest of the notes as the fragrance really developed and opened up and the different layers really sprang forth during the course of the day again another one i don't think i got quite 12 hours but it was definitely an all-day performer with this one and one of the notes that i wrote down was it reminds me of a cream sickle more of a, a very masculine sort of uh, cream sickle especially with the creaminess of the lavender and amber notes in the middle and the base and then with the citrus and the top notes I, I got that kind of citrusy orange cream sickle vibe from this fragrance not saying that's a bad thing at all it's a, a very pleasant and wonderful scent the next scent is barbershop and you're gonna have 
notes of top notes of bergamot and lemon middle notes of sweet basil fir and oak moss and then base notes of patchouli cedarwood and musk this one lives up to its name it's a barbershop sort of fragrance it is definitely one that i can see very easy to put on easy dumb reach as you say very good for various occasions work play maybe even a formal occasion might be a bit of a stretch but i think it could still work it is a very pleasant fragrance it is a very easy going fragrance and again i still got that 12 hour duration from barbershop the last one in the collection is summer vibes this is i believe their newest fragrance it is uh as you can imagine aimed toward the summer season you're going to find top notes of bergamot bitter orange green apple and tangerine middle notes of lavender balsam peru hemp and then sandalwood vetiver amber and musk for the base notes now with my impressions of this one the top notes of the bergamot bitter orange and other citrus it doesn't open with an aroma that i feel like is very bright and as zesty as the note description would indicate i actually got a little it was very lemon pledgey to my nose it wasn't off-putting in in any way however it just was unexpected and not not what i wanted from the fragrance However, once it was able to develop during the day, and especially as the lavender and the balsam and the hemp, it really gave a lovely earthy element to the fragrance that I really dug. The base notes really gave a kind of creaminess, a uh, bit of sophistication to it, especially with that vetiver and the amber. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I think that with me, with that opening, I probably would have enjoyed it better if I wasn't in an enclosed space one of the things I noticed later on in the day when I went out was that I really picked up a lot of the fragrance when I got onto the heat. It performed well in the heat of the summer, but by that point in time, I was well past the opening notes and very much into the bass and the heart notes with that one. So at the end of the day, you have a company in Authenticity Perfumes who claim 12-hour plus projection or performance on all of their fragrances while not all stood the test of 12 hours all definitely power you through a work day and with the prices they offer uh, for their bottles I believe uh, most of the bottles at least at the time of recording are selling for 50 mls for about 30 to 40 to 50 bucks it's definitely going to be worth your money again this is not an advertisement for them they did not sponsor this they just sent me a couple samples in the mail and I was appreciative and I'm talking about what I like so I enjoyed all of them and they're definitely one or two from this bunch I will probably pick up in the near future so that's my take on the house of authenticity parfums we're gonna take a break and then come back And we are back. I guess you can kind of figure out there's probably not going to be a fragrance of the week simply because I just ran through a whole house full of fragrances. But what I'm going to talk to you about shortly is one of the media properties that I still hold near and dear to my heart and just give you some thoughts on one of its most recent yes, reinterpretations, uh, so to speak. 
So as a man as old as I am, one of the properties that I hold near and dear to my heart are the Muppets. I always feel like a little kid again. Any sort of new Muppet property comes out. I feel like that kid that was in his grandmother's house, excuse me, great-grandmother's house, on that little color TV watching reruns of the Muppet show on any random Saturday morning at 6.30 or 6 o'clock whenever they showed it on uh, WJZ Channel 13 in Baltimore when I was growing up. And not just that, but also just the magic and wonder of the original Muppet movies, particularly the first Muppet movie. I've always loved the Muppets, and I've always loved the Muppets particularly because they are one of the few properties that always was geared toward the kids, but also had that slight edge to where adults would understand and also enjoy the the antics of the Muppets as well. I always say that the Muppets were a bit too grown for kids, but a bit too young for adults. It always did a very good job of striking that happy medium. As you can imagine, the Muppets have been around for, you know, decades now, and with that, they've been reinterpreted, reimagined uh, many, many different times. The most recent uh, reimaginings were the two Muppet movies put out by Disney, The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted, which I loved. Well, I loved The Muppets. Muppets Most Wanted I thought was good. And then you had the ABC series, The Muppets, that came out, which I actually rewatched. Uh, the first episode originally came out in 2013, if I remember correctly. And I rewatched the first episode after I finished the season of Muppets Now, which I'll get to in a second, which is why we're talking about this. And it was a lot funnier than I remember. It was sort of that uh, the Muppets in that documentary style show with the backstage scenes of a, a late night show hosted by Miss Piggy, very much in the vein camera style that was all rage back then, like The Office. But what I'm going to talk to you about today is Muppets Now. Was it Muppets Tonight? Oh, but remember, Muppets Now, I think it was, yes, uh, on Disney+. Plus. And I went into it and I was expecting, this is the Muppets, you know, how can you go wrong? Well, let me tell you, the first episode is not a good indication of what the Muppets can be and what Muppets now really evolves into over a six-episode run. Because that pilot episode is painful to watch. First and foremost, Kermit. The new voice of Kermit after they fired Steve Whitmere, who I believe is the was the third voice of Kermit, because I think Brian Henson did it for a while after his father passed away. Yes, I'm very much into Muppet voices and who does what has done what as a fan. Uh, he was fired several years ago, and I remember they replaced the person. They replaced him with someone, and I totally forget that person's name. No disrespect to you, if you ever hear this, which I doubt. However, the first episode sounded like someone was doing a horrible impression of Steve Whitmere's Kermit and Jim Henson's Kermit mixed together with a cold. It was just, it was painfully horrible to listen to in the skits from Kermit. I don't know if that individual was trying to get their voice together for that episode, but the first episode was a very Kermit heavy episode with Kermit. I remember at least two segments, the photobombing one with Robin, and then there was the Muppet one-on-one segment with RuPaul, which was very... Kermit heavy, but the voice just sounded off. And for me, a longtime fan, really took me out of the episode. And I was like, uh, 
I wasn't too sure about the direction it was going to go. It was not a great pilot episode. If I wasn't a diehard Muppets fan, I probably wouldn't have watched anymore. The segment, the one-on-one with RuPaul, was not entertaining at all. I really hope and believe that these segments are totally unscripted because they come off that way. And there was just no sort of chemistry whatsoever with RuPaul and Kermit um, going back and forth and building off each other. It was just, it was really painful to watch. And a lot of the other segments, the Swedish stuff segment on this particular episode was not funny at all. And I liked the Swedish stuff. It was just really painful. But being the diehard Muppet fan that I am, I stuck through it and it went back every single week. And let me tell you, it got better from episodes two through six. And yes, they're only six episodes. One of my biggest pet peeves about the show is that Miss Piggy's lifestyle segment was on every episode. I could have really done without that on every episode. It was cute, but much like I would the I would have rather had the one on ones. Uh, that wasn't every episode, and some of the other segments they popped in there, like um, Peppy's Game Show, which was really fun. And again, much like the Muppet one on ones, I feel like a lot of that with the contestants were spontaneous because it comes off that way. So it was really fun to watch because you didn't really know what Pepe was going to do, and neither did the contestants. So it was really zany that way. So that was fun to watch. I really like that aspect. The Swedish stuff has some good segments and some bad segments. The best segment, I think, was when Danny Trejo was a guest. That was really funny. Uh, Danny Trejo with his sort of dry, mean guy sort of humor. It really played well with the host of the cooking show and the Swedish chef's zany antics and trying to outdo the Danny Trejo making mole. So I thought that was really good. But what shines throughout the whole series is... The Muppet Lab segment. First and foremost, each of the segments are started with a disclaimer featuring Jermit, I mean, not Jermit, Kermit and Joel from Legal. Now, Joel from Legal is this little otter puppet dressed in, he's from Legal, so he's a lawyer, but he has this really deep, booming voice. So it's very funny, and he has such um, dry wit in telling his lawyer jokes about not trying this at home. So I thought that the contrast between the voice and the personality compared to the puppet was really well done. And in these segments as well, Kermit's voice sounded somewhat normal. I think partially because you did not have a five or ten minute segment of Kermit talking where you really started to hear the differences between what came before. The fact that those sort of legal segments were only 30, 45, maybe a minute long, 30, 45 seconds or a minute long. I think it really helped to sell that this was Kermit and also helped the voice actor come into uh, his or her own, because I don't remember it's a male or female that does Kermit's voice now. So those are good, but it was Bunsen and Beaker and their Mr. Wizard, for those of you who understand what Mr. Wizard is, Mr. Wizard of Bill Nye taken to the zany heights of the Muppet. It was absolutely hysterical, but also absolutely entertaining and also absolutely educational each and every Muppet Lab segment was hilarious and I can just imagine a child watching that and becoming totally engrossed and enamored with science because of the presentation of Bunsen and Beaker with the various scientific principles they talked about and demonstrated on each one of the segments so kudos to them so the Muppet Lab segments were great. Peppy's game show was great. Again, I felt like that was very spontaneous. The Muppet 101s with the famous actors, I think, really fell flat, except for the one with Seth Rogen. 
Uh, Seth Rogen and his natural comedic timing was really just awesome, playing off of Fozzie and the crazy psychopathic babies, just as nutty as it sounds. But that was really good. The rest of them fell kind of flat. I am definitely looking forward to a season two. I think there's a lot of room for improvement, especially if they don't have Miss Piggy on every episode. I, I think that it's a great concept, making fun of the sort of vlog, sort of YouTube lifestyle uh, and entertainment that a lot of uh, younger people consume nowadays. But again, every single episode, the joke runs its course. So it's one of those ones that should have gone every other episode and not every other episode. But if you are a Muppets fan, I definitely say check out Muppets Now on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. Uh, go into it with some reservations. It is not the Muppet show that you remember. Heck, it is not the Muppets. It is not Muppets Tonight. It is a totally new take on the Muppets for 2020. And I, I would recommend it if you're a Muppets fan, even if you're not a Muppets fan. Check it out. It a lot of laughs. If you have little ones, they will definitely enjoy it. So that is my geek pick for the week. And this has been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek podcast where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I have been your host, Webster Style. Feel free to give us a shout out on the interwebs at Instagram at Webster Style or at Sartorial and Geek or just on Twitter at Webster Style. Email us info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Also, visit the website WebsterStyle.com or SartorialandGeek.com. We have over 11 years of content for you to look through, to read about, to learn, uh, to enjoy. So give us a look there. Again, I appreciate the time that you took to listen to the podcast. And until next time, be safe. Stay safe. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Hey, let me see. Let me see. Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong. <laughs>